We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Butch, the ball is yours. And our first option is to get the ball into Neon. And Neon, goddammit, you take it to the basket and you take it hard. Now they're going to make an adjustment. And when they adjust and double down and triple down on Neon, we're going to move the ball out to Ricky. And Ricky, you can put it up from where you're at all night long. The basket is the same height as it was at your father's barn in Indiana. Boys, Indiana's over there in the other locker room wondering what the hell we're going to do. Well, I'll send a note over to Bobby Knight, and I'll tell him exactly what we're going to do. I'll give him our offense. I'll give him our defense. Because it's not what you do, goddammit. It's how you do it. And we're going to go nose to nose with him. And we're going to beat him at both ends of the court. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, goddammit, that's what I demand of you. On today's episode, we're talking Blue Chips, the movie that gave us the Shaq and Penny era in Orlando. I had my buddy Dylan Shivery on to talk uh, one of my favorite basketball movies and a movie that Dylan and I, you know, we talk about this in the podcast, but found out we we like more than the critics do. It was surprisingly not received well, and, you know, critics be damned because this is a good sports movie. It was really fun to talk about. Make sure you check out Dylan on uh, Circling Back, uh, the podcast with the uh, guests from episode 11 on Miracle, Dave Ruff and Will DeFries as well as the Mail-In Podcast, which also drops every Thursday. Uh, Dylan, you know, Dylan was kind enough to have me on this week, and I, you know, I thought we had a really fun episode. So definitely go, you know, go check that out and, and support those guys over at Wash Media. A few housekeeping notes before you know, we get going. I'm going to mention this in the episode, talk about it a little bit, but in the next week or two, we're going to do a name change with this podcast. If you follow the pod on Twitter, uh, that's at TroublePod, You'll have seen the poll from earlier this week with a couple name options. I just want to make a move to something that's going to better define the subject of the podcast to anyone who might be a new listener, you know, come across it. New name, new logo, but it's going to be the same podcast. We're still covering the authenticity of your favorite sports movies. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll stay right in your feed if you're subscribed. And I'll try to make that transition as smooth as possible. I'll shout it out on the social media networks. I'll definitely you know, put it in a, a new episode. I might even do a, a quick name announcement episode just to to make sure everyone gets on the same page. Now, if you're not subscribed, please remember to do that. We've got some really good episodes coming up. Bad News Bears, For Love of the Game, and The Sandlot are all on deck. That's three baseball heavy hitters. We 
We've got three good guests for those. I'm really excited for it. I'll tease that on social media here uh, coming up. If this is your first episode listening, uh, make sure to check out the past feed and see if we've done any of your favorites. You know, we've tackled Major League, Remember the Titans, Miracle, you know, a lot of great ones. So, you know, check it out and see if there might be another episode that you're interested in. I want to also, you know, lastly, thank everyone who's left reviews and rated the podcast on iTunes. That helps a ton. And I just really appreciate it. I love reading the reviews. I love reading what you guys think about the podcast. So, you know, please keep them coming in. Let me know how we're doing. Let me know what movies you want to see next. Uh, you know, I'm always, always taking suggestions. I want to do every single sports movie possible, get into sports TV shows and everything. So let me know what you want to hear as a listener. With that, I think it's time to get into Shaq, Penny, Nick Nolte, and Blue Chips. Welcome back to Trouble with the Script, the sports movie podcast focusing exclusively on the sports-centric content of sports movies. What worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done to fix it. Today, I'm happy to welcome in person... My guest, the co-host of the Circling Back podcast and co-host of the Mail-In podcast, Dylan Shivery. Dylan. What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited. Just watched this great movie we're about to get into, and uh, thanks for having me on. Dude, of course, man. It's been a, been a long time coming. It has been. And uh, Dylan is here to talk with me about one of my favorite basketball movies, and I, we were talking before the podcast, a really underappreciated basketball movie, yeah. apparently. We're talking Blue Chips. Blue Chips is a 1994 sports drama. A college basketball coach is forced to break the rules in order to get the players he needs to stay competitive. Any questions, stupid or otherwise? All right, Alan. Yeah, coach, we'd like to hear your side of the basketball kicking incident. Alan, you used up your question. That was stupid. First losing season in 40 years at this university. You are not getting the kind of athletes that we used to. Yeah, but the program's clean, Chancellor. It is time to tell Coach Petey Bell to take a hike. I don't do well with losing, do I? You've won two national championships. You've won eight conference titles. I don't call this losing. What efforts are you and your staff making as far as recruiting is concerned? We got the inside track on some great ball players this year. You get those guys, you are in the final four next year. Right? Let's get these guys. Like, first thing that stands out about this movie is the cast is powerhouse. It's incredible. So, I mean, I think the last time I watched this movie, I was probably a teenager. It was mm. a long time ago. Yeah. I remember really, really liking it. Um, but I just watched it again, of course, as I'm, I'm doing your, your podcast. And God, it's it's still so damn good. It's an awesome movie. Like you said, the cast is incredible. the The cameos throughout are pretty incredible too. Um, man, what a movie! Yeah, they put the work in. Nick Nolte plays uh, Pete Bell, who's the head coach of the Western University, fictional Western University Dolphins. But more importantly, the uh, the players he gets, the players he recruits in the movie. There's Shaq, that is a prime like. First, I think it's his first year in the NBA. First or second, yeah. yeah. First year in the NBA, coming off his rookie year. Shaq is Neon Bordeaux. Uh, Penny Hardaway, just fresh out of uh, Memphis State, playing Butch McRae, and kind of a letdown. Matt Nover is Ricky Rowe. Matt Nover was a guy who played for Indiana and then had a long, successful career overseas. Okay, I was wondering if he was. I mean, clearly, the guy has game if you yeah. just watch the movie, and he's a tall dude. I didn't know if he was actually a somebody or not. Or yeah, just... he was a somebody, just not a, when you compare him to Shaq yeah. and Penny. 
And the fun thing about this movie is this movie really gave a Shaq and Penny. If you watch the uh, the thirty for thirty on they did on on the Orlando Magic, like the the Shaq and Penny teams was in this in like they were filming this like before the draft process, and so Shaq was playing with Penny a lot, and he goes into it about he was calling the Orlando Magic because the Magic had the number one pick, and Chris Rubber is supposed to be the number one pick, but you know Penny was up there. And he was telling him like, "Hey, you got to get this guy. You got to get this guy, Penny." And they ended up they ended up flipping Chris Webber for him and a bunch of picks, and it gave us Shaq and Penny got the uh, the yeah. Magic to the finals. So this movie yeah. got the Magic to the finals, which is crazy. I mean, he plays a, a obviously a, from high school to college freshman in the movie. He looks like he's a beanpole in this movie. Yeah, I'm surprised that he was actually in the league while this was filmed. Yeah, because... I mean, it was yeah, it was uh, it was right before the draft. Okay. So yeah, I mean he, had he just didn't go to he college. didn't go to college, did he? No, he did. He went to uh, Memphis because he's right. the he's the That's coach right. at Memphis now. He went to Memphis back when it was Memphis State. How many years did he do at Memphis? I don't know if he did all four. I don't think he did all yeah, four. Yeah, probably not because he, he, he looks a big young. time talent. Yeah, he, and he looks young in this movie. So right off the bat, for you, is this movie is this a Hall of Fame, an All Star, a starter, or a bench warmer movie? Surprisingly, this movie got thirty seven percent on yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. Which is absurd. It's lower than Trouble with the Curve, which is in my opinion the worst sports movie of all time. Pe- so people we're throwing who, that out. People who are like, it, okay, first of all, I'm I'm kind of a recruiting junkie. I'm a big Texas fan, and yeah. I, I was really big into you know Texas football recruiting mainly. So for me, like. I think I appreciate this movie more than just like a casual sports movie observer. But I, like I said, I really, really liked it. Um, I'm between All Star and Hall of Fame. I mean, it's it's way up there. It's for high me. praise. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna stick with All Star because um, there, I think there are probably better sports movies out there. But this is a really, really good flick. Yeah, it's an All Star for me too. And with this podcast, we kind of focus on the realism. And how the right. action looks on screen, and this movie kills that. Like yeah. that, that takes the sports movie way up, in my opinion. Like if you can get the action yeah. right, everything else can usually fall into place and make it at least like a really fun rewatch. And this movie does that. Yeah, I I kind of touched on it with you before we started recording, but the gameplay in this movie is maybe the best I've ever seen for a movie. And of course, they use like actual basketball players. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, aside from just Penny and Shaq being you know on you know playing in the games like even the extras that they use are clearly like very capable basketball players yeah so gameplay and even like the the cinematography and the way they filmed the, the game action mm-hmm. it's awesome you're right it's in the really mix. really really good i was gonna i'm gonna go off some of the uh the imdb trivia on this movie before we really get into it but i think the biggest thing I saw in the trivia that is why I like the movie and it like makes me want to appreciate this movie so much on this podcast is the director, uh, William Friedkin, Friedkin. I, I'm sure I butchered that name, but he casted basketball players because of his sentiment that actors make for unconvincing athletes in most sports movies, which like I bang on the table for that, that I think it is easier to take athletes and turn them into actors then and teach them to act than it is to take actors and make them athletes. And yeah. This movie like worked for that purpose. This was actually a conversation I think we had on circling back kind of recently, but a, a good sports movie it's for me, it can be seriously tainted if the main actors have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Um, even like, like Kenny powers. What, yes. What's, what's that? Eastbound show? And, Eastbound down. and down. Hilarious show. Yeah. Right. The guy had, before filming this, had never thrown a baseball. He in his looks life. awful. They it was make just that's like part of the joke. That's what makes it so yeah. funny for me. 
that he's using like the Walmart glove yeah. and he can't throw. But there are movies that do that. I always come back to Trouble with the Curve that they got a guy that it's like a serious sports movie that gets a guy who looks like he is awful at baseball and sure. has never played. And, th- and Blue Chips gets like, not only does it get athletes, it gets the best athletes. Yeah. It gets like yeah. Shaq is one of the best NBA players ever. Penny Hardaway was an all NBA guy until his knee failed him. Right. Um, on on the other dudes. hand, though, it's a kind of a, a double-edged sword because, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but like Penny Hardaway in this movie, really bad actor. Yeah, not great. Not not, not, not good it's, at all. It's not it's not great. It's, it's like, probably what keeps okay. it from being a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's as good. What is the sacrifice you make? The, the director obviously shows better game action than just pure acting skills. I would rather and I have appreciate that. Because not every athlete is going to be like, like, I think Ray Allen is awesome and he got game. Like yeah. he's really he's really good and obviously he's Ray Allen, like so. But it's not always going to be like. But I would rather have the the athlete who's just okay or yeah. who's just an okay actor as opposed to the bad athlete because it it kills the yeah. movie for me. I thought Shaq did a decent job acting in this, and obviously he's been in other stuff, so he yeah. has some. Well, acting. this was his first movie. He, this right, was before. Right. This was pre Kazam and pre could, whatever he did. It's it's not a surprise that he went on to do other. Not that he's a great actor because he's not, but. Um, he definitely stood out among the basketball players in this movie as being like, okay, he yeah. kind of looks comfortable on screen. Yeah. Um, the other, uh, the other, like the trivia from the IMDb trivia is kind of relevant to what we're doing at the podcast with the realism. Nick Nolte shadowed Bob Knight in 1992, which makes a lot of sense because he's he's really got the he's angry. He yep. kicks a ball into the stands in the first scene of the movie. Like yep. that fits. Um, the speaking of Bobby Knight, they play his team. They play his Indiana team at the end. And what the director did was they just played two games. They basically just played two scrimmages, and they said, you know, we're just going to take footage from it, which it looks really? like it looks like real basketball, which is awesome. But Bob Knight told his team like, you're you're going to win. So Bob Knight's team won both scrimmages. He told them to play hard as shit, really, which is awesome. So yeah, that those teams won. Uh, Bob, okay, so they they yeah. won the game, the the scrimmages against Shaq Penny. Uh, Ricky Rose character, and then a couple of the guys who are not like, you know, bas- I mean, they're ba- they can play basketball, but they're considered extras in the movie. Yeah. Do they have like any basketball background at all? I'm I think trying to all picture- the extra. I think all the extras played like they got all athletes. Lisa like Khalid- I saw, Yeah, I saw on the the um because like on on the Bob Knight team, there was Bobby Hurley who played at right. Duke. Played at Duke. Yeah, and then. Kevin Garnett is in the film as an uncredited extra. I looked for him. I couldn't mm. find him on screen, but he's on. So, I mean, it was a games of athletes, and it looks like that on, on screen. It looks awesome. No, yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, Bob Cousy, the, the Celtics legend, played the athletic director who in that oh. scene where he's sinking free throws. That was Bob Cousy? That was Bob Cousy, and he was actually sinking the free throws. No wonder like he, Nick, wouldn't, he couldn't miss. Yeah, Nick Nolte's reaction was actually ad-libbed because he couldn't miss. Bob Cousy was just sinking free throws. And then he hits one left-handed at the end. Yeah. Did which not is, know that was Bob Cousy. Which is Cousy. pretty cool. Interesting. Uh, it's based on the career of Tate's Locke, who was the coach at Clemson from 70 to 75. I honestly have no idea who that is. Yeah, I don't even Never heard the name. Uh, the campus that they used for for Western was USC's campus. I thought it was UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, right there, you know, they're right. Yeah. There, right and then uh, Ron Shelton wrote the movie. Ron Shelton, the director of Bull Durham, White Man Can't Jump. He's pretty much on like the sports movie Mount Rushmore. Okay. So they they put in a lot of work to 
to make it realistic. So for you, what was the most realistic thing? I mean, we kind of touched on how realistic the game action the, the was. The game action was very realistic. Um, you know, it, obviously it, it's about cheating and how, mm. how bad it is in, in college basketball. Um, that I, I'm pretty sure that's very realistic. I, yeah. I mean, I know, I, I think pretty much all the big time programs in college basketball um, maybe not as egregiously as it happens in this movie, like delivering tractors yeah, they to make, people's houses. Yeah, they make quite the like the statement on amateurism. Bags. Yeah, in this duffel movie. bags full of cash. I don't think it's that egregious, but there is a certain level of cheating across most major basketball D one basketball programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are characters like this happy guy, um, just very involved in, in programs like that. So I think that's obviously they. they 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 drummed it up a lot for you know just for the movie mm-hmm. aspect of it, but that shit definitely happens. Yeah, it can was. I, can it I cuss was, on here? Is that okay? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We we've got that explicit label. We're okay, good to go. Cool. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I think it was a good thing to make a movie about. Like the, yeah, they probably drummed it up, and you know I don't know. I mean I'm sure a dude's gotten a, a duffel bag full of cash before. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was that was awesome. I thought so. Just we already touched. I'm not gonna you know beat the drum too much, but the game action, just having that. When you don't have to worry about it all, like anytime there's action on the court, it looks like '90s basketball. It looks tough, and then Shaq and Penny just look awesome. Like they yeah. just obviously like those dudes ball. Yeah. That scene where he goes down to Algiers to watch Shaq play against those dudes is on that chain hoop with is just awesome. Just watching Shaq just fucking crush. I looked over your your rundown, and there's a question that. My answer was what you just said. I forgot what the question was. It was like your uh the least authentic or the best no, athlete. No, no, no. What did it say? I should have the rundown in front of me. I'm, I'm But um it's about that scene though mm. and how this scene's like my like oh shit moment. In, oh, the big the chill. The big the chill. The big chill. I got I got like oh fuck because he mm. was just I mean it's Shaq. Yeah. Right? It's like prime one of the most Shaq. physically dominant basketball players we've ever seen. Maybe yeah. the most physically dominant as far as just like Sheer size and strength, and the way he just, you know, destroys the rim. So that scene was really, really cool for me. And they throw him in like a pickup game. Like, yeah. can you imagine just Shaq at your gym? Yeah. Shaq's over at Lifetime playing hoops and just uh, murking people. And when he and the other guy are like running, you know, through the jungle and then they're in mm. Algiers, yeah. which I've never even heard of. Is me that either. even a real town? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. And like the whole town is like running to the gym to watch him play. I feel like that shit really happens in small towns where there's some like, you know, superstar elite athlete that's about to go off to college somewhere. I feel like that communities like that, they really do just go crazy for their, you know, their local heroes. Especially like back in the 90s, like now, like there's YouTube, like I don't think a character like Shax, if that would have actually been a real thing, a guy who was in the army and they got kicked out because he was too tall. And like, I don't think there's gems like that anymore, per se, like. You know, like, well, I mean, Giannis from Greece or something like that. There's yeah. guys like that. But in America, like, that guy would have been on YouTube or something. Like, I love that scene of everyone in that town yes. running to yeah. that guy. Very cool. What was the least authentic thing for you? Was there anything that really jumped out? Not really. Um, that recruiting class came together pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Pretty easily. There was no, he didn't know those kids since they were freshmen. It was yeah. like, as soon as the season ended, he was like, I'm going to talk to he, these guys. He got his in-home visit with Butch McRae, um, first time meeting his family. And, you know, 10 minutes later, he's like, you know, he's basically on board. That, that was a little unrealistic to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it goes because, fast. Yeah, like we said, most of these programs are cheating mm-hmm. in some way or another. 
and for him to just land all the you know these these three guys so easily is like okay it was very rapid yeah especially yeah. after a losing season mm-hmm. yeah it was very yeah it was very rapid but the recruiting scenes were pretty cool I like yeah I liked them it was like they that, that's they how they go down yeah too. they compressed what would have been like at least two years of yeah. whining and dining these kids sure. into one visit the one of the least for me was. They have they have great cameos. Uh, one of them is Jerry Tarkanian, uh, yep. the now deceased. He was at this time the Fresno. He was coaching yep. Fresno State. He had coached UNLV. He was coaching Fresno State. Guy chewing on the towel. Yeah, and he says uh, he can't get Butch in in academically. Like you can't get Butch into Fresno State. <laughs> <laughs> Fresno yeah. State's for the guys that that other people can't get in. Yeah, and how, how was he able to get into Western? Yeah, you know? exactly. Western, which is a Jim Beheim like also USC. in in the scenes with the college coaches. That was cool. Yeah, it was Jim Beheim, Tarkanian, Patino's, and Patino coach Texas Western. Yeah, the Texas the Western team. You yeah. imagine Patino in like El Paso or Lubbock or something coaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also speaking of like using real sports figures mm-hmm. in place of actual actors, those coaches they couldn't act. It was, oh, they no. didn't. They didn't have much, you know, much to do, like not lines or anything. But uh, you know. They, they didn't, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Their bring, reactions they were didn't like bring their egg very game. amateur. The other thing that for me I would consider least realistic and kind of goes into a bigger conversation about the movie is so basically the end of the movie uh, they play one game against Indiana they win um, it's the big moment you know Western's back and then and it seems it's like the beginning of their season the first game of the season yeah. and Pete says I can't live with this cheating and he he gives it up or whatever he, he you know gets, basically admits to all these infractions which presumably puts that team on you know that team's not gonna play any more games I'm sure I'm sure you know it it, it destroys their season right and I don't I didn't for me one I didn't think that guy would do it like I don't think I think he realizes that and it's we can get into how we would have changed the movie. He says right before he does it, he tells his players he loves them all. Well, he goes and fucks up everything right. for them. I think it, his guy, Tony, the the older guy on the team, I would imagine that's his senior season. If it's not his senior season, it's like his junior season yeah. or something. And he fucks up a lot of things for all the players, and he throws away the season right away. I had the the same exact thought. And that, and then the media is like applauding, like everyone's like, "Oh, this is great." They're applauding him and stuff as he leaves, and he's kind of losing his mind. And I was kind of thinking, like, that's unreal. Like, the guy knows, and and you get the sense that he actually loves his players. He loves coaching basketball and everything. I don't get the sense that he would destroy the season for that and destroy for those kids what that would mean. It would make them all ineligible right away. Like Butch would, that would be Butch and Ricky and Neon's last game of college yeah. basketball. If you are going to pull a stunt like that and just totally come clean and you don't blow the whistle on yourself, I mean, if that's going to happen in real life, you do it after the season. Yeah. Because, like you said, these guys are, are they're fucked. Like, yeah. oh, thanks, coach. Thanks for getting me to your school, coached me up, let me play one game. Now you just piss my season away. Yeah. He like, showed up. Now, now what do I those do? Kids. And, and he did say before he, he left the locker room, he goes, I'm going to meet with you all one-on-one and we'll figure out, you know, your future or whatever. So that's, mm-hmm. I guess, their way of saying, like, he still has their back a little bit. Yeah. But still, their whole, like, he's pissed away the whole season. Yeah, I mean, and- he he admits right away that Butch, Ricky, and Neon got impermissible benefits, which especially in that, like, they're done. Yeah. They're not going to He calls be able- them out. Yeah, they're not, well, they're not amateur athletes He doesn't call anymore. them out by name, though. Yeah. He well, says, we gave one guy a car, is what he said, I think. Like, yeah, he yeah. said, well, he says he gave Neon a car. He okay. even says, he says he didn't want it, but we gave it to him. You know, 
You know, Ed, you just got to get your mind out of the gutter. You know, you just got to start thinking straight. I mean, it's right there in front of you. For Christ's sake, it wasn't an automobile. I mean, it was a fully loaded Lexus. <laughs> the damn car had everything. and It had everything, didn't it, Happy? I mean, that car was fully loaded, wasn't it? No, no, Coach. It was a nuclear surfboard, remember? <laughs> you know, and the damn thing of it is, Ed, is, you know, Neon, he didn't want it. He, he didn't want the car. He didn't want to. He didn't ask for anything, but, you know, he wasn't for sale. But we got it for him anyway. I mean, and I, I think personally that it would have been a hell of a deal, a, a good price. I mean, uh, I mean, what did Neon do tonight? Does anybody know how many boards did Neon have tonight? Thirteen. Thirteen? Thirteen boards? Well, there you are. It would have been a hell of a deal. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Neon would have done if we had tried to give him a Ferrari? Um, the guy, Ed O'Neill, plays the reporter. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, he asked him about the stuff. So he's got everything. And Pete Bell just admits to it. So that was the least realistic for me is like, I don't think he would tank it for those kids like that. Yeah. You know, their first game in college. But this movie did a lot of things that were really good. So let's touch on those first. Cause, okay. Yeah. Um, what else worked for you? What, what stood out that, that worked as far as, um, cause you know, we talked about the basketball action that works, the cameos. Was there anything else that, you know, even small things that were like, ah, oh, really like this. This seemed realistic. Nothing small, but I mean, a lot of it, it just felt like very, very real. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, Hollywood dramatized. It was like, I mean, that they, they take you to the practices and they're mm -hmm. having, you know, like legit practices and stuff. And, um, it just felt like one of the most authentic sports movies I think I've ever seen. Yeah, there was effort to get the sports right, which yeah. I think makes yeah. a movie like maybe like the critics don't like it as much, but I think it makes a movie so much yeah. better and rewatchable. And I said earlier a little a little bit too, but um, the in home recruiting visits, mm -hmm. although he landed them fairly easily, yeah. like that's how those things go. Mm -hmm. Like coaches travel the country, go to these small towns, um, and then you know neighborhood, and they sit down you know in living rooms of these families, and they. They have to sell themselves basically as well as their program. So that part was because that that happens. Mm -hmm. and that that's how those happen, and I thought that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, they've got to find a way to relate to the kids and the family. Yeah. And the the funny line I like is that in all three visits, he like lies about what church he yeah. grew up in. Yeah. Like, oh, I was raised Catholic. Yeah. I was raised Baptist. Right. You know, whatever. But in that case, I'd like him to be with someone who's a well, a church going type. Well, for whatever it's worth, Mr. O, uh, I was raised a Baptist. First Baptist or Southern Baptist? First Baptist, of course. Well, thank the good Lord, Pete. We don't think too much of Southern Baptists around here. If you catch my drift. Uh, so I, yeah, I like that. And then like in the recruiting scene with Butch, he does the whole thing with his family. He's like, gets the grandma involved in the yeah. lamp and he's like, this is how our offense is going to work yeah. around you. Yeah. Uh, as far as, um, I thought Ricky as the horny college kid or the horny kid, like he only wants to go to college for the girls. I thought that was really funny. I thought, I oh. mean, there's, he's not the first athlete who's been like, ah, oh, that's the only reason I want to go to college for Spe the girls. Speaking of Ricky and speaking of like, unauthentic parts of the movie when um when he rolls into town into french lick 
and Larry Bird's just hitting Jays out on the playground. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. We know he's from there, but, you know, come on. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys yeah, play this? Yeah, he's not, he's not living shooting? there. Yeah. He's not living there. For sure. That was that was funny to me. Yeah. That was a, yeah, that was a funny one. The fact that he, know, you know, he goes, oh, you know, oh, yeah, Larry Bird's going to yeah. get me to He goes, you know, Ricky Duro? He goes, yeah, come on, let's go. Five minutes later, they got the intro. Okay. Yeah, that's a that little, a little convenient for you. So. Yeah, a little, uh, little manufactured there. Um, one thing that I liked was that the final game, it's not about like the game. Like a lot of sports movies are, they got to win the championship or this player has to succeed. I like that they made the games really authentic, but you weren't totally like the the most important thing in the movie was not them winning the game either. So you weren't like. Like the last time I was in this podcast studio recording, I was doing Miracle with your co-host Dave and Will. And in that movie, you were all in. Yeah. Like they gotta win. They gotta beat the the Soviets or whatever. This movie is not about that, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You can just enjoy the basketball action, but it's more about what's going on off the court, the inner turmoil with with Coach Bell. So I like that. I thought that worked. That the game yeah. didn't matter as much, and they didn't try to make it seem like it yeah. mattered as much. They didn't try to make it seem like this was do or die. Like it was a big game, and it was the the first time the recruiting class was coming together and playing. But it wasn't like this game is huge. This is the the climax of the movie. When really the climax of the movie is what happens after. Yeah, they go to the locker room immediately after the game, and Coach Bell is just immediately is like, "Yeah, I'm about to end this whole thing yeah. right now. Sorry, guys." Hey, good win though. Yeah. What? They, yeah, they didn't, but they didn't put it up on this right. pedestal or sure, anything, sure. which I liked. Um, what What else jumped out? What didn't work for you? Was there, you know, a lot of it's small sports wise because they put so much effort into making it making it authentic. Nothing really jumped out of me that didn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, some of the acting was suspect, but that that's the trade off you get when you when you cast actual, you know, sports figures in movies. Not much of it didn't work for mm-hmm. me. Um, I thought it was a really, and maybe even before it's time, but a really cool look into basketball, college basketball recruiting and how ugly it can get. Yeah. I mean, it can get really, really ugly. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know if this didn't work because it's really funny. What did you think about the speech, his speech in the first game? It's <laughs> basically his teen's like, been awful and it's the least motivating speech. It's like the most like yeah. negative speech ever, but it's the fucking funniest he thing. He just I've goes ever off on these kids, t- calls them all stupid, mm-hmm. and that's the worst basketball he's ever seen. And then uh, he, he leaves and comes back a couple times and just keeps going, flips over a, a stool or something. Yeah, it's the and, opening. He, and then he chunks like, the water cooler. Yeah, then he's like, all right, let's get out there. <laughs> and of course, they end up losing by 20 or something. How bad can just how goddamn bad can it get? This is by far the worst team that has ever sat in this locker room. You son of a bitches! You don't deserve a locker room! You don't deserve a locker room the way you're playing here! You should be playing without uniforms! You should be playing with jock straps! God damn it! Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. I'm goddamn sick of watching you guys play! There's not one of you, not one of you, that's learned how to win. We got hammered the last four games, and it stopped right now. If you keep playing the way you're playing, we're going to get our ass beat again tonight. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm through fighting, you sons of bitches! You're the dumbest team I ever coached. But yeah, that was such an aggressive speech. And like you said, I didn't know that he followed Bobby Knight around before yeah. this movie, but that makes a lot of sense because I'm sure he 
he saw some speeches pretty much exactly like that during yeah. uh, during that time. Um, but yeah, a little aggressive way to kick off the. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if that doesn't work. It's really funny. Like the scene itself works. I don't know if that's the best way to get your team out of it. But like, if you followed around Bobby Knight, like, yeah, that, that's probably how he goes about things. If his team's playing shit, he's he's gonna let him know. I don't yeah. think he was like the encouraging type. No. Um, the other the thing you kind of talked about, like the the long journey to Algiers. There has to be an easier way to get to Algiers. <laughs> like, what Why is are the place? roads all closed down? Why are they running through a jungle? Yeah, they, they, it took first it, what, like a boat. Fan, yeah, it was it a fan boat? I mean, that I don't know if it was a fan boat, but they took a boat and then it dropped him off somewhere. And they start running. He's in his you know business casual attire, and they're running through the jungle. He's just sweating. Like wait, what? Where is this place? Yeah, it's not. This isn't the 1930s. Yeah. Like, there's got to be a reasonable way to get to this place yeah. where you don't have. Like, how do cars? This isn't get Cambodia. There? You yeah. know, this is this is Louisiana. Yeah. Like, there are roads there. Tough look for Louisiana. <laughs> um, one, the only small thing in I look at the scoreboard in the Texas Western game, and I, I pause it to make sure, but it says it's in the first half. It says period one, and it says it's 63 to 43, with three minutes and 46 seconds left in the first half. Like it got to be the highest score in, in the college. First half, yeah, I didn't notice the highest. That. I think it was just a small, small mistake, but that yeah. was, it was something I picked up. Other than that, yeah, it was the biggest thing that didn't work for me. Is just all goes into how he how he went about the end, how you know how he, you know, basically how he how he sold out the kids. Yeah, um, and it, this moral compass that he takes so quickly, he freaks out. He finds out about the point shaving. Happy yeah. lets him know that Tony, you know, he bought he bought a player. He figures out it was Tony. He goes into Tony's house, flips out on him, you know, about shaving points. But you know, he just bought three players. Like, why is he? Flip, yeah. Why is he screaming bloody murder at Tony? You know, the proper way to handle that situation instead of just like blowing the whistle on the whole program is if you want to do something like that mid season. Like, we think this one happened after game one. Mm-hmm. A coach would resign. Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You know, it would, he would blame it on something else. I want to go spend time with my family, whatever. Do the whole Urban Meyer thing. Mm-hmm. But he would just resign. Um, and if he wants to blow the whistle later on, then he could do so. But he probably let the investigation play out and just let it, let it happen that way. Yeah, let the kids play. Let the kids play because <laughs> some of them had not. You know, they're completely innocent. Mm-hmm. The kids that were already on the team. Minus Tony, because yeah, he, you know, Tony, Tony shaved money. those points. Yeah, but uh, I want to introduce a new a new category, and we talked about this beforehand because there's really only I, I thought of this category just for this guy because it's not an athlete, it's not a coach or anything, but the the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best like minor character, best most authentic supporting character. Lenny Harris holds the MLB record for most career pinch hits, I think, with two twelve. But it's JT Walsh who plays Happy, the the slimy booster, and he's yeah. perfect. He is perfectly cast in this movie. I think every every movie that he's been in, and I've seen him in a few. I I can't. He's like a he's like head. a scummy guy he in plays, like a bunch of eighties movies. Yeah, he plays a scummy a scummy sketchy character in every movie he does, and he's perfect for it. He nails the role. He's got like two much younger blonde girls on each oh, arm yeah. every time you see him and yeah. he's got the uh the classic house with he's doing the the calls with, <laughs> outside in the pool. He takes a phone call by the pool with his, you know, model girlfriend just laying out and he's on the diving board or whatever with his shirt off just you know, it's like a Tuesday afternoon. Why are you walking away from me, coach? You've never walked away from anything in your life. I know you. You don't know shit. I know everything. I know what Butch McCray's mother wants. 
I know you've got a kid named Neon Badeau being tutored by your ex-wife. I know what Ricky Rowe is going to want. I know the amount of money that it's going to take to buy out your contract is the same that it's going to take to get Butch and Ricky to sign letters of intent. We don't buy athletes. Let me tell you something in case you don't know. Our football team, ranked in the top ten for the last eight years, has got a linebacker, a tailback, an offensive tackle, two safeties, and a quarterback, all recruited by friends of the program. I don't like football. They're all graduating this year. We're clean. My money is untraceable. It's perfect. We get it. Dude. I mean, he crushes it. Yeah. He the the guy absolutely crushes it as the the slimy booster. It's like all those boosters you hear about just combined into a, yeah. to one dude, which is pretty perfect. Yeah, that guy nailed it. For best on-screen athlete, I feel like it's an easy call. For me it's Shaq. It's Shaq. He's the best athlete he, ever. I think he throws down like like 40 dunks in this movie and they're all just monster, you know backboard rattling dunks it's, it's just it's just so good that's one of the like the sickest parts about this movie is it's a shack dunk fest yeah um like penny's cool to watch and like ricky's got a good stroke but it is like magic shack the scene in algiers i don't know how that rim is holding up i don't know he's just putting all of his weight down on it with every single dunk and he dunks every 10 seconds on that thing. That had to have been so much fun for him. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, just rip it down every fun single for everyone time. Fun for everyone that was every extra in that scene. Oh, yeah. We get to, let's go watch Shaq throw down dunks for the next you know couple hours yeah. filming a movie. And I think a testament to this movie is there's no worst on-screen athlete. There's no You can't point to anyone and be you, like, you that can't. dude can't play. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I think that's what makes it a Hall of Fame sports movie you know, maybe the critics don't like it as much, but every like everyone could play, and they took special effort for that, and that's awesome. It's it's interesting that they got like bona fide superstars to be in this movie, and they were actually like out there playing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just to have high profile guys like that, like going out just for a pretty minor movie. Yeah, is is interesting. You would think, I don't know, maybe there's some contract restrictions and what all you can do, mm-hmm. but they were. Just, I mean. Shaq was diving for balls uh, in in one of the practice scenes. Yeah, a lot of times when it's big athletes in movies, they don't do a whole lot. Like, uh, I hate to like bring this, but like, like Mike, the movie when Bow Wow is the thirteen year old or whatever. Never saw that one. There's a lot. <laughs> like, there's NBA cameos, but they don't do a lot. It's just like here, sit here, look athletic. They don't really do right. a lot. Like they were, they told these guys to go play. Yeah, they got guys who were gonna go play. Um, you know, maybe like an older Shaq doesn't do that. You know, a guy right. who's like in his 30s, he's like, I'm not going to fuck around and I mean, what if they got hurt? this movie. Yeah, what if I they know. Had, you could seriously have a serious injury filming a, a movie. Yeah, like if you're the magic and your best asset is filming this movie in the offseason, that's got to be terrifying. And you're watching him dive for balls in a, in a practice. Yeah, that's got to be, <laughs> that's, it's not what you want out no, of your... I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no but, one's no one's letting Zion go do that this no, offseason. No, they, they made a major focus on like the gameplay and they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they, they crushed it. Um, um, and that's, that's the biggest takeaway with this movie yeah. is I forgot how good it was. Mm-hmm. And then that, that first basketball scene, I was like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. is this is an actual game that we're like in right. The camera just right there in the action. Mm-hmm. I, that's going back to something that worked. I loved how they opened the movie with him. It's that that speech, which is hilarious. And then kind of the walk, they show you the walk into the tunnel like right into that college basketball environment where they've got the crazy crowd. You're the camera is on court. 
it puts you right in that environment, which they said it basically made a statement that right away, this is a sports movie. We're doing things the right way. This is going to yeah. look realistic. You're going to be dialed in. Yeah. And they they just went right away with that game. Patino's coaching the other team. The action looks good. Uh, yeah. I just can't say enough about the things this movie does wrong are so minute compared to what they did right and the effort that the director directors should have the same mission with every single sports movie. Like we're going to make this look realistic first. Yeah. Before we get into the big chill, I want to get into what they, the kind of the statement they made about amateurism in this movie. They do make it. So the only one who's really saying Pete kind of says a couple times, coach Pete kind of says, you know, Oh, they deserve this money. The kids deserve this. You know, he kind of, that's how he justifies it to himself. Happy is straight up like, oh, we the, we owe these kids this yeah. money. You've got a contract and a bad TV show and yeah. stuff. But they really paint him as the villain. They really kind of take the stance of, you know, amateurism, and he did a good thing by admitting these faults. Yeah, that's kind of why I said it, this movie is a little bit before its time, because mm-hmm. that has become much more of an issue in the past, I don't know, five, ten years, mm-hmm. especially as programs, and it's mainly football, are just stacking money. I yeah. mean, they, they make millions and millions and millions of dollars um, and it's just it's getting progressively you know higher um yeah this movie is 1994 mm-hmm. when it was obviously still an issue back then but not like it is today yeah and now people are talking about it non-stop and should we pay collegiate athletes blah 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 and um interesting that they went there so so early on yeah it, it's 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 interesting that not many movies like it have followed there haven't been many more movies about taking impermissible benefits or anything like that which is kind of yeah. weird and i feel like they took the they kind of took the stance of you know yeah maybe these kids earn this money but you know in the end you gotta gotta follow the rules and and stuff like that but it 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 comes off like you know, at least from my opinion, like these kids definitely did deserve that money. When you think about the apartment that Butch's family was in, like Butch makes out like a bandit. He yeah. gets that. His parents get the new house. His mom gets the new house. She gets the job with the cushy office. Mm-hmm. But when you go, when Pete takes that visit, it's kind of like, yeah, when you, you think about all the stuff he gets, like, yeah, Butch probably deserves some of that money. Do you think college athletes should be paid? Oh, yeah. I do too. Oh yeah, especially Renovue generating ones. As much money as they bring into those schools and mm-hmm. the you know the shoe and endor- you know endorsement deals, it's nuts. At the very least, let them profit off their own likeness. Yeah, because some like I, I take it back. Like, I feel like if if Johnny Manziel could have profited off his own likeness, he might have stayed at A and M a couple years longer, maybe at least one, maybe let himself get a little more sorted out. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But like, think about what Zion could have made last year. Yeah. Um, think about what Shaq could have made in college when yeah. he was at LSU. He stayed at LSU for yeah, I think two or three years. The the NBA one and done thing, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like it's it's a it's a fraud. Like the point of even going to college. Yeah, and and when, once they're done, once the basketball season has concluded, mm-hmm. guys who are going to the league, they're not going to keep going to class. It's it's all a big joke. Yeah, uh, and they it's such a time commitment for these guys that, and you see where a lot of them come from. And I like that they kind of put Butch and Ricky both in situations where, you know, we've got families that, you know, aren't doing so great or need some help. And I've got this talent. Why I'm, you know, give me a reason to come play for you. Yeah. So I think they made, 
the movie might have made the case in some ways that hey you got to follow the rules uh but you know in the same time they made the case that hey these kids does, you know if they're worth the money they should get paid the money it brings up an interesting point uh, something i found a little bit unauthentic about the movie was uh the players basically just representing themselves in these deals mm-hmm. like ricky rowe went in there to commit to you know western and he's like all right let's now let's talk business and if you could give me 30 grand or whatever like he would never he would never go up to a, a head basketball coach and say that there's no way no. it'd be either a parent doing he has that, a handler do it the and, uncle everyone's yeah, got the uncle yeah the uncle uh, and they don't go to the head coach mm-hmm. they, they go to boosters yeah they go yeah. to happy they go to happy. They go, they go they right go to, to happy. happy. They know. Um, and Bush McCray did it too. He goes, if I quit, was my mom going to lose You know her, her house? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was another thing. They, they like, probably yeah. got a contact, I would think. One thing that wasn't realistic about, I loved everything about happy, but happy's not at where, I can't remember where it was. Was it after a practice or after his show where he's just like giving Ricky a car? Like he's giving Ricky car keys or something. Oh yeah. He's like, that's a loaner. I mean, he's going to give it back. Like, He's not doing that in the public where everyone can see. Yeah, he's, he's not giving the kid a loaner. He's not saying, ah, I'm giving this kid a loaner car. He's going to give it back. Yeah, and having your star your star basketball player drive around campus in a Lexus. Yeah. You know, talking about neon, neon. Badeau, Like You, you got to be a little, little bit more discreet. The guys. movie definitely wanted it to be very out in the open. And we kind of talked about the payment, you know, the bag of cash, the guy showing up at Neon's door with the Lexus, Ricky, the tractor getting delivered. Yeah. They wanted it to be very apparent to where the heat was going to fall on Coach Bell. Sure. So let's move to the big chill, uh, the moment that, that gives you the chills the most in this movie. I've got uh, I've got three nominees, and you you got one the, that scene in Algiers, yep. the Shaq just in his prime just dominating people. When they take their, the three of them take the recruiting visit, they're in the empty stadium and the announcer kind of announces their names. I thought that was cool. I don't know if it yeah. gave me the chills, but I thought that was like a cool moment yep. thinking about, you know, that's the other side of the recruiting process. Like, hey, we're going to show you what life looks like here. And then uh, the lob to win the game at the end, the yeah. Indiana, the, uh, I think uh, Butch lobs it to Shaq or something like that. The, he stuffs it to win the game. Since they didn't make the game, winning the game, the end all be all. Uh, it's probably not as much as it could have been. Yeah, but that one was pretty cool for me. Yeah, another one I mentioned the Algiers scene where Shaq's just throwing, you yeah, know, throwing down nasty dunks on everybody. That's one. Big hands. Watch how he moves away from the ball. He's totally wrong. He's never been coached. Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm not going to bullshit you, Pete. He ain't no brain surgeon, all right? Took the SAT recently, scored 520 out of a possible 1600. 520? You get 400 for dispelling your name correctly. That's it. Messed up on his name. Um, another the the other one is a game the game against Indiana. Shaq's first dunk. Yeah, it was I think an alley oop from like the free throw line. He just came out of nowhere, and the sound effects they had on there were cool. I was like, oh shit, yeah, it's vicious. Yeah, that was a nasty dunk. That got me pretty pretty hyped too. Yeah, 
Uh, for me, I think I think it's what you said. It's the uh, it may not be like a chills moment, like you know, walk off home run in a in a baseball movie, but it's like an oh shit moment. The shack in Algiers, yeah, like that's just yeah. It's like the most dominating scene of this guy just manhandling these people, yeah. and it's just like that shack. Yeah, playing in a pickup game. Like I said, maybe the the most physically imposing basketball player we've ever seen. Yeah, and he's just like that's just Shaq and is at his best, just like throwing down nasty dunks. It was sweet. Yeah. Um, last thing, how would you improve the movie? What would you do to change it? <sighs> I don't really know. Um, the the acting, I'm okay with the acting it being a little subpar at times because. Those were legit, you know, basketball players out there. So I, I, I'm not going to be too critical on that mm-hmm. aspect of it. Um, I would like to have seen the recruiting process drawn out a little bit more. I think. Yeah, I, I touched on that a little bit already mm-hmm. too. Um, but just, just more because recruiting, college recruiting is fun if mm-hmm. you if you if you're into it. Um, they could have done more there, mm-hmm. and that's probably it. I, I mean, would like to have seen them hint at that he had a relationship at least like neon came out of nowhere, but at least with like Ricky and Butch, like maybe even showing them leaving or leaving the game against Indiana yeah. or the, the first game, like early, yeah. like they were there visiting or something, you know, kind of showing that it, you know, he's been talking to these guys for a long time. Yeah. Recruiting that, it for those who don't know, it, it starts when these guys hit, you know, when they, they start playing basketball, basically mm-hmm. they yeah. AAU teams. And, and even when they're a high school freshman, Coaches are already talking to these kids, so that, that's what we're talking about here. It it's not like you just, you know, after their senior season, like all right, let's go start recruiting because by then it's too late. Mm-hmm. You got to get in early on these kids. Yeah, I would have liked what I would. I wish it would have been set over a full season, in terms of even if you just do the whole thing as a montage, like they start off, you know, maybe like a two or three minute scene of them winning their first game, and it's like, oh, this is a good thing. These guys are good. And even if it's just a montage of they're playing really well, they've got a lot of headlines, like let the team play a little bit and let, you know, don't just have one scene where at the reporters like, oh, these new recruits, they, he paid them all. I know he paid them. Let it build up because like nationally, it wouldn't be a story like the it'd be like if the Fab Five had played one game. Yeah. And they would have been like, okay, well, whatever. Like, let them, let these three freshmen bring them, you know, have the the final game be at like, you know, the final four, or even sure. like, you know, in the NCAA tournament or something. And one, just to, I, I don't think that, like we said, that he would have sold out the, the kids like that and made them all ineligible right away, but also kind of let it, let it become a national story. You know, let this show us that this reporter is kind of hot on their trail more than one scene you know, show that it's these guys are a big deal. Because, like, no one, it's the 90s, no one would have really heard of Neon. They're just like, oh, man, Western just got this huge 7'2 guy yeah. or 7'4 guy, whatever they called Shaq. So I would have liked to have seen it set over a full season and have the game be, like, an Elite Eight, an elite eight game or a Final Four game or something bigger. Yeah, especially since we, we spent so much time building these characters and they – you know, they're practiced together and they're being recruited together and they're in class together. Mm-hmm. Then we get one game and it's, yeah. which it was an awesome game, but then it's just, boom, it's over. Yeah, you it was want, like the payoff was Yeah, the payoff was a little 
short. Yeah, they could have trimmed Abrupt. some stuff. They could have trimmed uh, like getting getting the neon getting into school with the SAT thing. Yeah, they could have trimmed that storyline. Yeah, you know the stuff with with like his wife. Like that was fine. But I would have if you're gonna make it about this, and you needed him. The wife kind of served as like his conscience. But if you're gonna have that whole thing, it doesn't need to be a bigger thing a bigger storyline than the team and that progress. So mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen more of that. It feels like we didn't get as big a payoff of how good these guys were as we could have. Like the game, like you said, the game was awesome. I just wanted more. Yeah. But totally overall, the movie's awesome. Movie does an awesome job. So Dylan, dude, thanks for thanks for coming we're, on. We're man. done? Yeah, we're done. Man, that we're was rapping. fun. Yeah. Had a good time. Where can the people follow you? Uh follow me on Instagram and Twitter at D Shivery. That's C H E V E-R-E-R-E, and don't forget, of course, to uh, check out Circling Back and Mail In. We'll check out Sunday Scaries, too. Yeah. Those are the three under the, the washed media umbrella. Check those out, and uh, man, thank you so much for having me. Of course. If you're listening to this episode the day it drops on a Thursday, definitely check out today's Mail In, because I'm also on today's oh, yeah. Mail In. I, I probably should, I probably should have uh, teased that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kyle's going to be my, my guest on uh, on when it's going it's going live on thursday actually. Thursday. so thursday's mail in yeah so yeah definitely check that out uh again if you're enjoying trouble with the script uh just a, a heads up might have a name change next week we're still going to be doing the same podcast we're kind of working things out it might be next week or the week before but if you see something in your feed with a different name it's it's still this podcast we're gonna you know i'll, I'll shout it out on all the socials but, you know, please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media. Twitter is at TroublePod. Uh, Instagram is at Trouble with the Script Pod. If I change those up, I will, you know, I will put something in an upcoming episode. Uh, but, yeah, keep subscribing. Let me know what movies you're looking forward to. We have some good ones on deck uh, doing For the Love of the Game soon. Bad News Bears, The Sandlot, so some some baseball classics. And uh, yeah, catch us every Thursday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.